It's time for episode 323 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where everyone gets a chance to chime in. I'm Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my co-host, the uh, the half-elf druid to my Warforged cleric. It's Mr. <laughs> Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well. I opened up the spreadsheet. I saw that excellent pun, and I thought, you know, today's going to be a good day. Today is a great day, and not least of all, because we have two fantastic guests, the two top-ranked for most appearances here on Clockwise, to my not left quality. this week... It is a professional writer and talker at App Launch Map and the co-host of Originality right here on Relay FM. It's Aline Sims. Welcome back, Aline. How did this happen? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't it's, either. It's all, it's all for the good, is my feeling. And we are joined by the other top ranking, uh, so, certainly by appearances and also uh, with quality. It is the developer of the app you can get on every single iOS, Mac OS, TV OS, and other Apple OS platforms. PCALC, it's James Thompson. Hello, James. Oh, hello. I, I came back from a vacation in the sun to record this podcast. That's how much I love you all. You just oh, really wanted to maintain you your top spot. I understand. Well, that, that, that I didn't want to lean to get in front of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've only got 30 minutes and we've got four topics to cover. I'm going to kick things off as we have hit the holiday gift giving season. What is the best tech gift you have e- ever given or received or both? So many years ago, my mother gave me a Sonicare toothbrush for mm. Christmas, and I love it. It is amazing. I'm, I'm actually on my third one now because I dropped the first and second ones a little <laughs> too frequently. But I haven't had a cavity since I started using these toothbr- the electric toothbrush. So I stan Sonicare toothbrushes. <laughs> love it. Um, I also uh, think that it's great. But... Um, Mine would have to be the gift that I had given, which was uh, a an iPad. It started with an iPad mini uh, that I gave my grandma when I upgraded to a newer iPad. And then later on, I upgraded her to an iPad Pro when I upgraded to a new iPad Pro. Um, she had had a cruddy, cruddy, cruddy laptop for a long time. And she pretty much just does email and and text messages and uh, plays some word games and stuff like that on uh, iOS. And so being able to give her the first iPad and then the excitement of being able to upgrade her to an iPad Pro with the keyboard and the Apple Pencil because she likes um, coloring books from time to time uh, was I don't know. There's something just very delightful about seeing her uh, use those things. But not only that, she's genuinely one of the most uh, technologeable people. And so I don't get to do that sort of ageist and sometimes slightly uh, a sexist thing of going, well, if my grandma can understand it, you can too, uh, because she's very forward, like tech forward, and has two-factor authentication turned on for accounts and uh, often just troubleshoots for herself. But in the times whenever she does need help with... Um, 
a tech issue, um, it's very handy because I can show her on my iPad what she needs to do on her iPad. And so it's just all around been a very positive and uh, fun thing for me to see her empowered by the tech that she uses. James, what about you? Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil what I've got you all this year. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying that it's a full-size R2-D2 that fetches you drinks, but I'm equally not saying it's not that. Um, But I don't think it's up to the giver to say what was the best gift, though. Um, There are plenty of tech gifts I've given my wife, which I've thought at the time were top-notch ideas, which (laughs) proved to be not quite so useful in the end. Um, There is an iRobot Brava. It's like a Roomba that mops the floor, which I think is pretty neat. And it is still in actual usage. So I think that's probably one of the better ones. Um, But I was given this uh, ATR 2100 USB microphone that I am talking into right now last year, and I really like it. So I think that's a strong contender. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. It it enables so many things. Uh, I I think the best gift I ever got that was a tech gift was a totally unexpected one, and it was back in 2001 when I was a senior in college, and I drove up to my grandmother's house Christmas. And uh, my parents uh, gave me a box, and I opened up the box, and that box contained an original iPod, which was the you know two months old at that point or something. And it was the moment where I was like, "This is a gift that like something I had coveted since Apple had announced it a couple months prior." But I never thought that I would get one because I mean they were Aww. they were not cheap, and it was just the thing was like I I, I would love this, but I have no expectations of it. I didn't even ask for it, uh, like. But it was it, it was something that I loved. I used it that thing until it like basically just stopped working, and it really feels like one of those tech devices that totally changed my life. So uh, I I still think back on that one really fondly because it was such a surprise, an unexpected surprise and a delightful thing to open and, and play with. And, and I just, it brings a tear to my eye. Oh uh, Yeah, well, that's the holiday spirit for you. Uh, but those were all fantastic gifts. Thank you so much for your answers. And let us move to our second topic, which comes from Aline. Okay, picture it. WWDC 2017. The HomePod is announced for what I considered and still consider a really high price tag. Um, But lately we've been seeing them go on sale. We actually ordered another one for $200, which I think is a much more reasonable price point uh, over the weekend. But what's going on with HomePod? Do you think there will be updates soon? Will the product be discontinued? Will we see, will it go like the Amazon Echo route and maybe we'll see minis and that kind of thing like what do you think so i'd like to believe that there will be little mini uh mini marshmallows hanging out uh on my on my tables but i don't i honestly am not certain uh there are a lot of competitors in this space a lot of competitors in this space and apple tried to set itself apart by offering a premium music listening experience um with sort of the assistant features as a secondary effect of or a secondary option of the the device and they really 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 pushed it as it is the best way to listen to apple music um and i think that that's been a detriment to them but what i'll say is this the apple watch started out as the most personal device you'll ever use you can send heartbeats to people uh from your watch man i forgot it does that 
right? Not anymore. Uh, and it will, and it has now become this incredible device that many people use to make it the best selling smartwatch, uh, and like incredibly popular smartwatch. So the fact is, Apple does know how to pivot and sort of find where a product fits. And they could do this with the HomePod. Will they? I don't know. But I know that I've got many an Amazon Echo in my home, and I only have one HomePod, and I don't use it all that often. But I am just one of many people who have purchased it, so I know that I am not uh, sort of the uh, telltale of what what it's going to be. Just... um. For me, I think that uh, I I should look at some of those deals that you were talking about because I would like to use it as a stereo paired device um, for my Apple TV. James, do you have a HomePod? You th- what do what do you think about the HomePod? So I do not. Uh, this this question really hits home because I just discovered yesterday that my beloved Harman Kardon USB sound sticks from the year two thousand are finally dying, um, emitting a loud mains voltage hum whenever they're plugged oh, in no. so you know unless some wonderful listener out there can tell me what's wrong with it and how to fix it i'm gonna need to buy some replacement speakers for my office and i was considering the home pods but yeah they're coming up on two years old now um i mean apple seems from the outside to be having nearly as much difficulty shipping hardware as they have shipping software this year um if HomePod isn't selling decent enough numbers, will they have a team working on it or will they be focused on other things? Um, and the other thing is, does it really need an update? I mean, fundamentally, it's a tube of speakers and microphones and most of the processing happens in the cloud. You know, I somehow doubt that it's going to last the 19 years that my sound sticks have, but they could be still useful for many, many years with all the updates happening at Apple's end. Um, what they need to be is cheaper. And while they're getting there with these deals, it's still, they're pretty expensive. Um, And I think Tim has determined that it's easier to sell everybody miniature HomePods that you put in your ears. It's one of these situations where I have two HomePods. Uh, They're on my desk. I don't use the, uh, as as they dubbed it, the Ahoy telephone (laughs) feature. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have it turned off because I got too many false positives. Uh, I rarely use the assistant features on it. Sometimes I will sort of tap and hold on it as I'm sitting at my desk and ask a question. But oftentimes I will use Siri on my phone or my watch or my iPad because all of those are more capable than the Siri on the HomePod. They can do more things. And the HomePod insisted upon trying to field every single Siri request even if it knew it couldn't do it, right? Like, you'd be like, open this app. And it's like, oh, I can't open apps. I'm just a HomePod. And I'm like, that's why I didn't ask you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the sound is good. It's fine. I end up using them as AirPlay speakers pretty often. I am also irked, as I've mentioned before, that a stereo pair can't be used as an audio output for the Mac. It just doesn't recognize it. Still sees them as separate HomePods, which is incredibly irritating because otherwise I would replace my computer speakers. And in general, I just, I can't tell if Apple is devoted to fixing these or not. I agree that $200 is a much more reasonable price. I bought one at full price and one for, I think, $250 when it was on sale, like, last year. But overall, it doesn't feel like they, it's a very compelling product for what they're doing with it, especially if they're not going to continue to update it in some way. And the features that have rolled out uh, have done so very slowly. Uh, with stuff that should have been there at launch coming much later and stuff that um, is now rolling out that is somewhat iffy in its implementation. Like I haven't even tried to turn on the multi-voice 
uh, recognition system because I don't use the assistant very much. But my understanding from other people who have tried to is that it's not very good, <laughs> not in terms necessarily of the recognition, but in terms of setting it all up and getting it to work correctly. Uh, Aline, any last thoughts here? Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Um, we have a home pod um, that we bought like at launch and we actually don't use it a whole lot. We do use it for the assistant to control lights and, and that kind of thing, but um, we don't use it as a speaker a whole lot. I asked my husband when he ordered the second one what we were going to do with it, and he was like, I'm not sure. Um, Wait, so, what? So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. I would really like to have... <laughs> I would really like to have like a mini pair on my desk because where the HomePod is now is like really far to the right. And so I only really get sound from the right side and I find it really disorienting when I'm working Mm -hmm. at my desk. So like a little mini pair on my desk would be great. Um, But I just, I I don't know what, like Micah said, I don't know what there is to innovate on um, in this product besides making it smaller and um to your point dan setting it up for my voice was annoying i think we had to unplug it two or three times to reset it because it just was not working and uh i just don't know i just don't know yeah yeah well it is two topics down with two topics left to go which of course means halftime here at clockwise and this week's episode is brought to you by direct mail It's an easy-to-use email marketing app designed exclusively for the Mac to help you create and send great-looking email newsletters. Email marketing is still an incredibly cost-effective way to reach your customers and grow your business. And for the past 15 years, Mac users around the world have trusted the Direct Mail app to handle all of their marketing needs. It's designed just for the Mac, which means it's fast, it's easy to use, and it works great with the other apps and services that you already have. With Direct Mail, you can get in-depth campaign reports that show you who's reading, who's clicking, and who's sharing your newsletters. You can grow your mailing list by creating email sign-up forms that you can add to your website or Facebook page. And you can have email campaigns sent automatically without you lifting a finger, plus much, much more. They have real human live chat customer support available to answer your questions. And Direct Mail is the number one top-rated email marketing app for the Mac with five-star reviews on the App Store, GetApp, and elsewhere. Plus, it's trusted by small businesses, nonprofits, schools, and Fortune 500 companies alike. Direct Mail is free to download and get started, and listeners of this podcast can save 10% off all of its full-feature pricing plans. So head over to directmailmac.com slash clockwise to check it out. That's directmailmac.com slash clockwise to get 10% off when you opt for a full-feature plan. Our thanks to Direct Mail for the support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Half time has come to an end. And so I turn things over to Micah. You know, we all probably take a lot of photos or quite a few photos. My question is, what happens after you take a photo? How do you store them? How do you organize them? How do you refine them? How do you discover them? And how do you enjoy the photos that you take? Or are you just collecting a library of digital visual files you'll never look at again? James, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I'm not sure I understand the question. Isn't the whole point to take as many photos as possible, never be in the moment, and never look at them ever, ever again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, my, yeah. 
I mean, my phone has well over like a hundred gig of photos on it that have been carried forward through devices for at least the last five years. And I don't delete bad shots. They just all linger there. And But phone storage keeps getting bigger, so I don't have to. Um, there's a couple of thousand pictures of Total Party Kill Lego dioramas there <laughs> just from the last month alone. And, you know, many of my photos are not backed up anywhere because I don't have the free space on my laptop. And basically what I'm saying is that I'm a terrible person. Um for special occasions and trips, what I'll do is I'll pull all the photos for that event off into a photos library on the Mac. You know, delete the sort of outright blurry ones and photos of my feet or whatever. Uh, and then create a new album, which is just the sort of heavily curated favorite shots, which I can then show to other people without them falling asleep halfway through the <laughs> slideshow. Um but then I don't delete any of my non-favorites from the photo library because maybe there was something good in those sh other shots that I missed the first time round. Um, but because I don't tidy up as I go along, I easily have hundreds of thousands of photos. And the task of uh, cleaning that up is too enormous to contemplate now, let alone enjoy. Um, so it brings me nothing but uh, sorrow. And you can... Oh. You can find me at Stress Panda on Instagram. <laughs> uh, wow, that was a real downer. Um, I I also take a lot of photos. I I you know it's funny. My my aunt was uh, visiting for Thanksgiving last week, and she was asking me stuff. And I was like, oh, let me show you some of the cool things you can do with photos on your iPad. And uh, I showed her about memories, which I actually think is a, one of the best features Apple has done in terms of photos, which are those little videos it can create based on like uh, subsets of photos that you give it. Um, so you can even do things like look up a person, you know, that's been recognized with the faces feature and then have it build a little movie uh, slideshow uh, of pictures of that person. You can even have a cross reference between multiple people. So like if I pick up pictures of me and my wife, uh, I can have it automatically generate like uh, uh, photos of just pictures that we've taken together. And I think that's awesome because it, it doesn't mean scanning back through all your photos to try and build the perfect slideshow because I've done that and it's hard. It's a pain. Um, I think that as those tools improve, that's something that people come to rely on more and more. Um, the There's always exceptions. I mean, I'm, I was thinking just the other day that my wife and I have been talking about putting together uh, albums of our uh, wedding for our parents. And we're like, oh, man, but we have like literally a thousand pictures that we have to go through and curate. And I was like, that sounds exhausting. I wish I could just press a button and be like, here are the best pictures that were taken of you. <laughs> uh, here's an album done. Um, and I think that Apple's automated photo tools are getting and, and Google, too. They have these on Google Photos as well. I think that's really smart. Uh, especially because we all have so many photos to let the machine learning do a little bit of, of surfacing of those photos and put them together in ways that are easier to consume um, and that you can always tweak if need be. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I back them up to Dropbox. Um, I take them, I do go through them a little bit, but uh, I, I don't really do a whole lot with them. I think part of that is because the camera is so good nowadays on phones that I don't feel like I need to go back through and do a lot of edits to them. So it's not like I'm pulling them up in Lightroom later. Uh, and also 
yeah, it's kind of about living in the moment and sharing with people immediately nowadays and not so much about putting things in photo albums. I did find myself the other day looking through uh, the oldest photos on my phone um, because I was trying to find a selfie from 2009 to do that whole oh, like yeah. 2009 versus 2019 thing. Um, but yeah, I don't look at them very often. I do agree, Dan, that the the highlights feature is great. I do think people should be able to opt out of that for whatever reason, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a problem for everyone right now. Yeah. So honestly, um, I asked this question because I needed answers, um, as opposed to having some of my own. Um, so it's interesting to hear that we all do sort of have a few answers as well. I, don't, I, I find myself not taking a whole lot of photos. You know, I go to a concert or something like that, or I'm at an event, and uh, it's often that afterward I'm going, oh, I never even captured any photos of that. So it would be nice to remember some of these events. And uh, more importantly, when I do remember, and it's three minutes till the end of the concert or something, and I get this quick little video uh, just as a, a sort of a totem reminder in my brain that I can touch and go, oh, yeah, that's right. I was doing that at that point. Um, so yeah, I don't have a whole, whole, whole lot of photos in my photo library. Um, but I do find myself trying to, how do I enjoy those photos more? And the digital offerings aren't super great, but um, what I have done in the past is either order them from a company like Fracture uh, which has been a sponsor of the Relay Network in the past, um, or I will uh, what, what, like make a photo book or print them out myself and uh, frame them and things like that. So that's my way, I guess, of, of trying to enjoy those photos. All righty, folks, thanks for your answer on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from James. So I've just been away on a week's vacation uh, to get away from the darkness of Scotland and get some much needed sunshine. And while I tried to switch off from work and I didn't take a laptop with me, I still couldn't completely disconnect. Are you any better? Uh, do you have any tips for me? Failing that, what's your travel tech setup? I am so much better. Well, not at this, but just yeah. in general. <laughs> just in general. Uh, I... <laughs> I find that I actually don't have as much problem with this. And part of it for me is just the nature of my work. Like I, I some of it is stuff that like I, I certainly still check Twitter at times or I pop into Slack even when I'm on vacation because it's, you know, some, there's some, always some downtime where I'm just looking for something to do. But I don't tend to think too much about work. Um, and actually, I will say I, I in cases where I have like last a year ago, I was in Mexico for Thanksgiving and I ended up doing a lot of writing on the uh, book that I have coming out next year because it was just so relaxing. I could sit in like literally like a bar next to the beach and just like write stuff. Uh, and that was great. Uh, I find not bringing a laptop is definitely something that's helped. I tend to travel more and more with just my iPad and uh, that helps a lot. Um, the only exception really being if I do need to like work on a vacation and bring my laptop to record a podcast, then I'll probably do that. But yeah, I, I don't feel like I have, uh, a lot of challenges with, with unplugging. Um, the, the biggest sort of thing is that, you know, I feel like if I have to keep at least a little bit abreast of what's going on, otherwise when I do come back and they're like, all this stuff has happened and I'm like, oh no, I'm so far behind on like, just, I have to go read the internet from the last week. Um, so I try to avoid that where possible, but yeah, mostly travel with a iPad, 
um, and just, you know, enjoy what's around you. Take some pictures. I hear that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Everything in my computing life is chaos right now. Um, I'm not great at disconnecting uh, whole cloth, but I have become a lot better about not being so connected all the time, if that makes sense. And so, you know, like I'll dip into Twitter and see what's going on. And if it's really stressful, you know, run away quickly. Um, but uh, I, I just am finding myself not as connected as I always have been. Um, one thing that has been really helpful to me in the past is going on vacations where the internet is not available. So like, mm-hmm. A cruise where they charge exorbitant rates for uh, the the Wi-Fi or where the Wi-Fi doesn't work all that well. I've had friends who go to resorts and they put all of their connected tech into a safe and they leave it there the entire time they're there. They just won't won't pull their phones out or anything. Um, so that's a potential strategy. As for my um, my travel tech setup, um, like I said, things are in flux for me. What I'd really like, what I'm really working toward is getting to a point where my travel setup is my iPad Pro with pencil, um, screens on my computer so that I can remote in if I need to. But I want, I'm really working toward getting everything that I possibly can so that I can do it from my iPad, short of doing things in like X code which i need from time to time so that's kind of where i'm going as i mentioned um i don't uh have too much of an issue of pulling out the device and sort of remaining um plugged in when i am on i can't say vacation because i have not taken a vacation since i was in high school and went with um my family um so i don't (laughs) like an actual vacation i don't know what that is quite but uh sort of around the holidays and stuff like that um i am the one who forgets to uh to take photos and pull out the phone and stuff like that and so i do tend to be sort of more plugged in um plugged into the thing happening in the moment rather than plugged into the device. I don't think that I would completely disconnect wholly, though, even if I was in a place where I uh, sort of was was meant to because it's, you know, vacation or what have you. So I don't quite have any tips for you other than, I guess, forget your charger and then <laughs> you'll have a dead device eventually and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily a good idea because we might need you to add another feature to Dice by PCalc. And if you don't have a charged up device, then how will we get that? Uh, any last thoughts on that topic, James? I, I appreciate the plug. You definitely deserve a vacation for that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the life of the indie developer is you're never really off the clock. Um, I mean, I might not be writing code every minute of the day, but there's always emails and tweets coming in constantly, podcasts to prepare for, Lego to be built. You know, there's always something. (laughs) And because I'm working for myself, I find it very hard just to leave things completely alone. You know, a ship needs a captain or is going to run into a spatial anomaly. I mean, what I'm asking is, how, how does Picard spend so much time in the holodeck? And... <laughs> 
I, I, you know, I said no laptop, but I had an iPad Pro with a bridge keyboard with me, which, you know, it's a computer that sits on top of my lap. It's, it's basically technically, a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's it, like a, some kind of legal distinction, but it's a laptop. And, you know, it doesn't have a trackpad or run Xcode, but it's a pretty much the only practical difference these days. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm not great at it. And it sounds that you're all slightly better than me. Um, so I'm going to be uh, looking for more pointers. But, you know, at least Doctor Who wasn't scheduled to be on while I was away. So I didn't end up recording a podcast from my room on my phone over hotel Wi-Fi, as I've done it in at least two previous years. Um, but, you know, podcasting's not real work, is it? Oh, God, nope. you better. Nope, stop. All right, that's four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic, but very quick, I want to tell you about this week's other sponsor. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. You can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. As mighty as a desktop. It's plug and play with no drivers. You can enjoy up to dual 4K displays with HDMI and Display Link video connectors, plus USB 3, USB C, and Thunderbolt 3 with powered delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control means all of their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, Check Kensington's Pro Concierge Program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash clockwise right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash clockwise to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Bonus topic this week. Really quick, what's the holiday song you just can't stand, Aline? Do they know it's Christmas? Micah? People are going to hate me, but it's Mariah Carey's song because Mariah Carey and I are always fighting forever and always. James? I can't think of a single holiday song that I like, especially since they start playing in the supermarkets here from at least October. Uh, Burn all the master recordings, I say. Now listen here! Whoa, 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 easy. All right, I'm going to throw in there The Little Drummer Boy, which I detest. Uh, Nope, don't don't start with me. Do not start with me. All right, we have reached the end of the show. All that remains is to thank our fabulous guest this week, Aline Sims. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And James Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm going to go back on vacation now, and I'm going to take you with me. That sounds sounds great. Uh, But unfortunately, Micah, we have to be back next week. So until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.